This is the Dazer Update for February 23rd, 2020. I'm Philippe Odenolfo. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Sologi. And I'm Lee Lamb. And uh, yeah, we've had a very interesting week this week. Cancellations, releases, delays, and well, just about everything else we could think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including studios saying, uh, yeah, we're still here, which is usually not something you hear too often. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll get into that uh, all in just a minute. Uh, before we do that, uh, we'll talk about what we've been doing this week. Uh, among other things for me, well, uh, PC Building Simulator, because I'm still playing that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like over 500 hours into that now, and yeah, it's, it's still enjoyable. Uh, which brings me to next week's show, uh, because that's going to be a very irregular show, as I'm going to have uh, Fran and John from the Irregular Corporation on. Uh, because of the time differences, that also means I'm the only one that's going to be recording. Uh, so, yeah, because I'm the only one that actually wants to get up early in the morning. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, early. I mean, it's 11 for, for me, and... So, I mean, yeah, Chris, you, you played a good bit of it. So, if you know, like you want to join me for that, you could. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, don't know whether what your schedule is like Sunday morning, so we'll figure that out. Um, but beyond that, uh, also been playing the Double Dragon and Kunio Kun Retro Brawler bundle. Um, How is that? I just saw that, and I was real fucking curious. It's it's good. It's uh, it, it's basically all of the eight bit Double Dragon and Kunio Kun games. Uh, so that's all, all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All of them. Uh, they also give you the, like the, the Western version and the Japanese version, uh, if the, the game made it over. So you have the, the Japanese version of, of the original Kuniokun in there with, uh, which is a lot harder than the, uh, than the Western version. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also, you get That's interesting because it's normally the other way around. They fucked us on the uh, most of the NES stuff. They were like, "Oh, it's for America. Mm. Let's fuck them in the ass." Yeah, but I'm guessing you know um, schoolyard violence uh, over in Japan is they, they probably think it's more hardcore than New York gang violence. So I guess that's, mm. that's what they were going for there. Uh, but you also get both versions of Super Dodgeball, uh, both versions of uh, Crash and the Boys Street Combat. Which is like track and field, only with violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, there's also some stuff there like that wasn't ever released over here, and they were they actually went ahead and like translated them. Um, so now you can play uh, Go-Go Hockey Club Slip and Slide Madness. <laughs> and you should, because it's, it's like Kunio-kun hockey, and you could pretty much expect to get what you expect from that one. If, if that one had been localized uh, to North America, it probably would have done well because it's it's pretty solid. And then there's some stuff in there that I'm like, why? <laughs> what? Mm. It just shows how weird some of these games were. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good package for the for the price. Uh, there's a good deal of uh, customization options in there. Like you got several backgrounds that you can choose from uh, for your. Or you can go just black if you want to, you know, on your screen. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, several different video modes, including, you know, you can do a full screen stretch if you're a barbarian. Uh, yeah, don't do not do that. Uh, but you also got, like, several sharpness and uh, uh, scan line settings that you can play with to get the video uh, Perfect. the way you want it. So it's really yeah. nice. Um, plus, they've got a lot of different audio EQ settings, which is... You don't really see that too often. 
so you can kind of tune in the audio to get the way you want it. You can add reverb in there if you want to. Oh. If you want to make your uh, NES sound like it's, you know, <laughs> in a giant concert hall, I guess you could do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, I'm going to be writing up the uh, review for that probably in the next couple of days. Uh, just that I want to play a little bit more of some of the other obscure stuff that I haven't seen before. Uh, mm. But beyond that, yeah, solid collection, and I'm highly recommending it. Uh, Arc System nice. Works is, uh, yeah. They're, they're on a roll. Together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Code Shifter was it was okay. I mean, it was, it's the game that had its problems, but it still had a charm to it that I kind of dug. Mm-hmm. So, you know, check that out. Um, so that's kind of it for me. How about you, Pat? Uh, NHL 20 has just been taking over my life. I've just last night, I wrapped up our first season. Um, we didn't get as far in the playoffs as I'd hoped we would, but, uh, we still looked really good. Um, you know, for what we were able to accomplish. And then I went through the NHL draft early this morning and basically did all the retooling that I needed to do for, uh, for the coming season, and I will be uh, recording preseason this time so you can see all of our prospects in action and uh, get a feel for the direction that we're going. And honestly, um, I feel really good about it. So um, definitely tune in if you, um, if you, even if you're just passingly interested in hockey or you want to experience hockey in a form that you can binge, then check out my channel because I've got the link in the show notes here. But yeah, it, um, it's been, it's been a fun project. It's taken on a life of its own and there's no end in sight. So yeah, I'm, uh, I've been doing that to the point where I haven't even gotten around to trying the 5.2 patch of final fantasy 14 or, put much time into street fighter five champion edition. Mm. So that can tell you, um, effectively just how deeply I'm getting into this. Yeah. So that's been my week. All right. Well, uh, as for me, uh, last week I went and got me a copy of dreams from, uh, media molecule, uh, makers of little big planet. And, uh, it's really good. Um, actually it's amazing. Even, uh, it's medium. The dreams itself is not so much a game as it is a creation tool that also has a bunch of games in it that were made with that creation tool. One of which is called Art's Dream, and it's not a very long game. You can probably beat it in a single evening, but it's so good that you forget that it's a game that was made in dreams. <laughs> um. <clears throat> It's basically an example of the type of thing you can do with dreams. It's a, it's the narrative basically is about this guy named Art who is a musician in this jazz band who recently had like a sort of a falling out with his band and now he's trying to sort of deal with like his self doubt and it goes through it's. The game goes through basically like changes different genres in different parts. So it starts out kind of like a uh, like a uh, point and click adventure. Then it becomes a 
uh, 3D platformer, then it becomes a puzzle game, then it becomes like a rail shooter. Uh, it's a lot of neat stuff. Um, uh, and also, they uh, had a sale last week on PSN, so I also got me uh, copies of both Metro Exodus and AC Odyssey on the cheap. Um, uh, mostly Metro Exodus I wanted to get so I could play the DLC, which, for those who don't know, it's called Sam Story. It recently uh, released last week. It's apparently really good. Um, I had forgotten the how the thing because the thing about Metro Exodus is you guys have, have you guys played the first two Metro games? No, I have. I have not played any of them. Okay, well, first of all, uh, shame on you. They're amazing. <laughs> um, but the first two Metro games are very much more focused, linear experiences to an extent. Um, and by that, I I mean kind of like Half Life. Um. But Metro Exodus is actually not truly open world because it's basically a series of very big, wide open spaces that are interconnected with each other. But, you know, the thing about the Metro games is that, you know, there is action and shooting in them, but the action and shooting is sort of a feature rather than the focus. Because a lot of the. You know, the Metro games, a lot of it is, you know, the atmosphere and the detail and sort of letting yourself getting drawn in. And you still get that in Metro Exodus, but because it's got it's it, they all take place in these wide open spaces. It means that there's a lot of times when you're going from one space to another and you're not really doing much. Um I mean, obviously, you know, there's enemies and stuff, and the way things are in this game, you can run into any kind of enemy at just about any moment. But what it does is, it's not bad, though, because it really kind of heightens the tension a lot. Because there's something about, you know, being out in the middle of a place that's just dead quiet. You know, where you can, the only thing you can hear is the rustling of leaves and the wind through the trees, and maybe, you know, and every so often you'll hear, like, some growling nearby, and suddenly you're like, what's that, what's that, what's that? Need to kill that. That kind of thing. Um, and, uh, also, yeah, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Kind of played a little of it so far. It's good. It's Assassin's Creed, and it's definitely a better Assassin's Creed than the ones that they'd, they had been making up to that point, but... That's just me. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, Chris? Uh, yeah, so I've uh, been getting back into GT Sports. Uh, I was playing the... Uh, I finished up the tutorial challenges. Uh, got gold in everything but the very last one. Mm. Uh, it was just about a two-minute lap you have to do. I did it a few times and was getting frustrated, so I just left that as silver. Mm. Uh, but otherwise, I got uh, you get cars for beating each of the rows of them, uh, which are all just super powerful cars for the most part. Uh, but then started playing some of the uh, GT League races, which uh, was mainly the uh, the very easy ones. Uh, I was playing the they call the Sunday Cup, so it's kind of the traditional style uh, campaign, mm-hmm. uh, which are all pretty easy for the most part. They just start you at the back give you a few laps to get to the front. Uh, and they have uh, 
a limit on the uh, how powerful a car can be. Uh, but you can kind of bring a bunch of car, different kinds of cars in and just kind of uh, lower their power output so that they are under the, the HP uh, limits for that uh, sort of thing. So that's been that's been good so far. Mm. Uh, so far, I've been, uh, been really getting uh, good with the just the cockpit mode. Uh, and they give you good uh, good like map functionality for like radar, so you can better tell where cars are around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus uh, the way it typically feels in like a Forza, where you're kind of just trying to drive uh, around and usually just bump into people because you can't really get too good of a look around yourself uh, for that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, there's something about the style of GT that is always nice to come back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially this one, they've done a good job of uh, making it easier for you to feel like when your lo- brakes are locking up, that kind of thing, uh, going into turns. Uh, though initially, for whatever reason, it had the uh, brakes assist on, which was just weird. Uh, so I made uh, some adjustments to that and got that working right. Because uh, then I could just so they're in break much later than a lot of the AI ends up doing uh, in these early races and uh, just zooming right past them around corners and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, might try out the online uh, racing uh, at some point, but I do have to go through like an etiquette course uh, for that. Uh, yeah, that's been pretty good. Uh, I grabbed Fire Pro Wrestling World yesterday and streamed that. Uh, and that is... Uh, very fun, especially once I got the hang of the controls. Uh, so compared to a lot of other wrestling games, this one's very timing-based, uh, especially in the sense that uh, when you go into like a lockup with a with a, another wrestler, you have to hit your whichever button you're gonna uh, use for the different types of attacks mm-hmm. and a direction to pick one of the attacks uh, attached to that. Uh, specific button uh, at the right time to actually execute it, which is uh, always been the issue I've had trying to get into previous games. Because I don't think... I think I tried one of the ones on the GBA and always had issues with that, even though I... Because the manual does, you know, explains that idea, but for you to actually pick it up and get used to it, it takes a little bit. Uh, so I never really got into those games. But here they have a good mission mode that's kind of your tutorial, where you just sit down with... Uh, a wrestler that's kind of uh, walking you through this. It's like, all right, here's what you got to do, and you're going to sit here until you actually do it kind of thing. Uh, and he will just keep body slamming you every time you mess up, uh, that kind of thing. And that was the the thing that really got me uh, better in that. I think I only did two before the stream, which was for that and for ground moves and pinning. Uh, I was initially started and tried out one that was for rope. Uh, mm-hmm. Moves where you're throwing them against the ropes and hopefully doing something. I couldn't pick it up, so I was like, I just get to the action, just not worry about rope moves. Uh, and so, yeah, like the Steam version, uh, this has a whole system for people upload created characters uh, for others to use. And kind of similar way, it's you go into uh, the list, click on a, a wrestler that somebody's uploaded, and click on subscribe. Mm-hmm. Uh the catch is that when you do that, uh, it can be tough to figure out where 
uh, where they stash those wrestlers or when you get downloaded because they don't tell you up front like, hey, this is uh, this is uh, where they go. So when they get added, they get added to like a uh, a retired faction uh, that you kind of have to go into. You have to go manage a lot of the the groups and uh, stables in the in the edit function to actually add them to a playable state. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit annoying in that sense. Uh, I just added a bunch of uh, people that are on uh, WWE and AEW mm-hmm. just to see, and eventually I figured that out in the stream. Uh, then we started just doing a bunch of matches, which included uh, some basic one-on-ones, uh, but then I did some of their other exhibition stuff, like a barbed wire death match, mm-hmm. uh, where you kind of toss dudes into, instead of ropes, they have like barbed wire, and when they hit them, there's like an explosion mm. that happens, and usually if it's done right, they'll just come out fucking bloodied up. Uh, which then there's a nice touch of whenever you you know, slam them into the mat, there's blood stains on the mat, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, like it was like landmine death match. There's one that actually tries to allow for like mixed martial arts mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, rules for a match uh, mixed in with wrestling, which is just means you have like three minute rounds until somebody gets uh, like either you reach the the max amount of rounds or Somebody gets knocked out or pinned or whatever. Uh, but then they have one that is uh, actually set in like a UFC style ring. Uh, I think they call it Dodecahedron mm. or a Dode- Dodecagon ring with uh, like 10, ten uh, sides, I think, uh, where you can't really throw people into the into the the, the cage itself. Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird, uh, but pretty neat. Uh, like you're mostly trying to get him to submit or knock him out, that kind of thing. Uh, there's another one that just only allows you to use essentially striking attacks, uh, which when you're using normal wrestlers, it's a case of either just trying to hit them or try and use moves that are striking to figure out which which directional attacks uh, are the ones, because otherwise you just hug them for a bit mm-hmm. and then let go. Uh, so it's a nice little... Uh, set of match rules that are pretty good. Uh, also did some Battle Royale. Uh, one that was, I guess, supposed to have like over the top, over the over the top rope uh, elimination, but it only allows eight people. So you can either do it like where they have all the people in at once, or uh, have two to start, and then it just adds in new people every minute or so. Uh, that kind of thing. You can tune the rules a little bit, but uh, not as much as I would like, uh, but also in this, I got the deluxe edition for twenty-seven bucks, which comes with the season pass, uh, which includes a story mode called Fighting Road, where you can play as either a junior heavyweight or heavyweight. Uh, I think the, I think those are when you're coming in with as a rookie, which in like NJPW, uh, there's a specific, like set of. Uh, uh, like traditions that come with that, uh, where you're kind of the rookie that has to do certain things a certain way, uh, all that, and you kind of set up your character and all the moves and all that. Which I initially started that, and I was like, oh, this is too much to do on a stream. Mm. Uh, there's also one that's called Fire Promoter, where you're setting up your own like organization uh, full of wrestlers and all that. 
setting up events and all that and trying to uh, run a successful one. And uh, with that season pass, what's coming out on Thursday is Suda51 Story Mode. Mm. Uh, for those that don't know, he worked on one of the original ones that came out. Yes, he did. Uh, yep. And it's supposed to be an amazing story that you would never expect out of like a wrestling game, especially of that era. Uh, very dark and silly and ridiculous. And so they managed to get him to work on a new one for this game, mm-hmm. uh, which is out on Thursday. And so for the for the 27 bucks, uh, you're getting a lot of stuff here, mm. uh, especially all the customization stuff uh, that uh, you know, lets you have custom wrestlers, uh, rings, titles, all that kind of stuff. So you can really do a lot of work. Uh, both just getting real people in there and silly stuff, hmm. uh, especially for referees. You can have – I think people have made you know Transformers and Gundams and all this kind of ridiculous stuff uh, in the game that uh, has been a lot of fun so far. I just need to dive into the, the more long-term modes and kind of get the uh, – get all the custom wrestler stuff set up because uh, I was literally downloading it like an hour before I was starting that stream. It's like, all right, how do, how do I play this thing? Uh, which is always a fun way to do streams, but uh, also been playing uh, a little bit of the Kunio Kun bundle. Uh, one of the longest names of a game we've had in a while uh, mm. that isn't coming from Square Enix. Mm. Uh, I ju- so the the main problem I have with that game is some of those games are very hard to get into. Oh yes, uh, if they're not straightforward, just like oh you just punch and kick this guy and pick up weapons and then beat up the guys and then go into shops and do stuff. Uh, it started with the basketball game, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically, Hey, here's this whole combat system from, you know, retro city, uh, or retro, uh, what? City Rich, yeah. Uh, and then you're trying to play basketball at the same time, uh, which also I was playing. It's just like, pick a, pick a location. These are all like in America. So like, okay, New York. And what I found out, because the AI is much better at this than I am, mm-hmm. uh, they could jump on the side buildings. You can go into like these weird uh, subway uh, entrances and come out the other side, like a Pac-Man mm-hmm. uh, somehow. I didn't know this. Then uh, the AI can like jump up on the top of those entrances and jump up onto a, another rim that's above the one that you see. Mm. And then I found out somehow being able you somehow figure out how to shoot this, but there's a third rim up top uh, that I guess gives you more points, maybe nine points. Hmm. So this is like that. Have you ever seen like the, the rock and Jack stuff that MTV did back in the nineties with like basketball and baseball where they would have like specific spots on the courts. It's like, Oh, this is a four point shot. Here's a five point shot right. kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Or like they have a second rim up there. That's like, that's like six points up there. If you could make it up there, mm-hmm. I guess this is what that is doing. Uh, in a ridiculous way, but I did not know what I was doing at any point. Uh, I was not sure what character I was controlling because <laughs> the AI would just keep beating me up so much, like just get close to the ring. And I was like, I'll just let the AI do ninety percent of the shooting because I can't, <laughs> I can't get anywhere close. You can have like a double jump too. Uh, yeah, that was something that, that Frank Sibaldi complained about. Was um, I read his his impressions about it, and it's yeah. very similar to what you said, Chris. It's just like these are really hard to get into. It's it's cool that they did this, but there should have been something that was done to essentially onboard people to play these and meet people where they are. 
Um, yeah, like at least give a rewind checks. option, do something, and they're just mm-hmm. you yeah. can't have a thirty-year-old game meet that players in twenty twenty. Yeah, especially in English, because uh, yeah, like that's one of the things I really like about uh, Squares, like Final Fantasy seven and eight ports on the on the consoles, is you can just turn off your ability to get damage mm-hmm. in fights, or just turn off uh, the random fights, that kind of thing. You're like, I just want to walk around here, not get into 15 fights in this 10 minutes I'm walking uh, kind of thing. And like, this could really use that. It has save states, uh, but that's about it for its accessibility features. Yeah. Uh, well, I was like, like a control ability, card, kind of, but that's about it. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it really needs like difficulty options or something, uh, a way of tuning the, the numbers so that you have a, a more fair chance jumping into some of these uh, more obscure and not straightforward games. Because that's, you know, you're selling the package on the fact there's like 11 games in there that never came over, but they're also very, very hard to get into. So I'm probably going to be looking, see if like anybody has uh, guides on this stuff. Because uh, I don't know if like, this basketball game may, might be like a Mega Man thing where it's like, oh, this. You know, the Las Vegas team is actually like the easiest one, sort of thing. And I just jumped into one of the hardest ones. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, because that's kind of the way it's presented. It's like there's like seven other cities you can go to. Uh, and you have to. It's like, all right, I don't know. I'll pick one of these. It's all like San Francisco, Las Vegas, New York. Uh, I forget what the other ones are. There's like the U.S. Navy. Just going hmm. on top of an air carrier. Uh, playing basketball, and it's like, all right, this this is silly, but it's also very hard to get into for some of these games. Uh, so then I just played River City Ransom, and it's like, all right, this is pretty easy to get into. Just go around, beat up dudes, pick up the money, mm. uh, go to shops, buy stuff. Uh, that's that's pretty easy to get into. Though I played Renegade and died on the first set of enemies because mm. <laughs> they just beat the shit out of you, especially if you. Uh, running the dude with uh, the stick. Hmm. Uh, especially the controls change depending on which way you're facing. So you're hitting one button to just punch, and the kick button is a back kick. So you can't kick forward. But if they you get on the other side, suddenly the button that was kick is now punch. Yeah, it's, I was like, this this doesn't make any sense. Why left, it changes this Left much. attack, right attack. Yeah. And yeah, they did that in Double Dragon too, and that shit was annoying too. It's like just change my character's orientation. Let me just keep going the way I am. But mm. yeah, they have a lot of uh, stuff to unlock, like uh, avatars for your character, for your like profile, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give you uh, a name plate that you can put three thing, three names in there. Uh, which I was immediately trying to figure out what the dirtiest thing I could put on here, which is like, uh, I was trying to figure out some way to incorporate like Bang Boys in here because uh, it was like some of the stuff that's immediately unlocked. Uh, they have a bunch of other stuff, and as well as just Japanese phrases. Which I'm like, I don't know what any of these say. Uh, this is a weird thing, but it seems like I think you would just leave in there just so you have less localization to do. Hmm. It's like these are probably a lot of those same words, just in Japanese. It's uh, like ah. Uh, We'll just leave that in there for so we only have one version to put in the uh, the U.S. and Japan kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, it's a pretty solid 
collection of games. Uh, a lot of weird shit. Too, so it's got yeah, I saw that. Uh, I have no interest in playing any of those games online with people that might know what they're doing. <laughs> the AI is more than enough challenge uh, in some of these games. Uh, but I assume it's probably also co-op. That's well, uh, some of the games, yeah, like Double Dragon yeah. 2 and 3. And... Yeah. It's so a collection that I hope would have learned from like Mega Man uh, Legacy Collection and the SNK Collection and Square Enix's stuff. Whereas like have a bunch of extra supplemental material in there. Uh, as well as just easy ways to kind of undo when you fuck up instead of having to start over again. Because mm. uh, that's what I like about the the NES and Super Nintendo apps on the Switch. Because uh, I was playing uh, Eliminator Boat Duel uh, on stream, and whenever just some bullshit happened right at the end of the of a race, I could just rewind to about halfway through that race, and I could just undo and learn from what I was doing wrong. Uh, kind of alter my strategy like that's yeah. really useful in those kind of old games yeah at this point at this point in this day and age not having a rewind option for these old games seems like just a a self-inflicted fucking wound um yeah especially when you're charging 40 bucks for this collection right well yeah and you have that that fact and the fact that you know these are obviously these are aimed at people that you know want to play these games but also maybe people that have never played these games and yeah, like, you're going to create a lot of right you're going to create a lot of people that are going to feel like holy fucking shit I wasted a lot of money yeah for a game that's not really playable for me because it can't it can't meet me where I'm at yeah you know, I just that's that's um that's one of those things that is that again when I say self-inflicted just seems again self-inflicted because that rewind feature seems so necessary. Like you see that with, um, with so many like game collections these days, right? Like that. And then, and even like, just like what Chris, what you were talking about just a minute ago with the super Nintendo stuff or the Nintendo stuff on the switch, like that's just built in. Like, and that should be for any of these old games. Cause these old fucking games are hard as fuck. Like people, people don't remember like Nintendo hard was a fucking thing. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's mostly because most of these games were originally arcade games, and yeah. those yeah. weren't built to be beaten. They were built to try and get as much money out of you as you could. It took a few generations for them to realize that and they were built to be they didn't you. need to kill you. Yeah, in yeah they were seconds. built to whoop that ass. Yeah. So yeah, and and they were meant to eat quarters. And then yeah. also the other thing too is you had, you know, these developers that would be like, all right, well, it's coming to home systems. We need to make this last, so we're going to make this, you know absolutely awful uh you know and and as far as difficulty goes and then there were other games where it was like you could tell nobody even play tested them you know stuff like battletoads where um what was it on, on one of the levels if you got there with two players the game wouldn't let you proceed um yeah. you know just random shit like that or like ninja gaiden the entire uh the entire um game <laughs> no 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 the game, I mean, I beat Ninja Gaiden, but like I, I can't I went back recently and watched Ninja Gaiden one again and like just the entire sixth level, uh-huh. I was sitting there watching it again and going, How the fuck did I do this? <laughs> uh, especially like six two. Like six two, like cause you know, I just recently platinum Sekiro and and then I watched Ninja Gaiden in, on six two and I was like I got felt like kind of like Billy Badass platinuming Sekiro and then I watched six two again and I was like, I did that. But I don't know how I did it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so just like that same kind of thing. I, I couldn't do it now. 
Like I'm a, I'm a ninja gate bitch now. I couldn't do it, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so like, it's, so that's the thing. Like that's why those rewinds and everything are so, are so important these days. Cause you play that shit now. I mean, you know, you'll, you're liable to throw your switch through the fucking wall. Um, yeah. just cause that's where I use so like, tilted. Uh, that's where I use safe states where it's like, okay, I finished that level. I'll save right here. So I don't have to start over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Cause it, then you have dumbasses on Twitter or whatever being like, well, if you use the save states or rewind, you didn't really beat the game. And it's like, who fucking cares? And yeah. that's when you're like, and that's when you're like, you've probably never touched a woman. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, who gives a shit how I beat Super Mario Brothers? Hmm. I'm Those not fucking fu- in 1986 dude. trying to play this game Ooh. for real. Those fucking people in general have really started to enrage me. Like, it's a single-player game. Who gives a fuck? Because yeah. I really started to experience this as I was going through Sekiro and going for the Platinum. I mean, the amount of people that are like, Herder, you just need to get good. Like, yeah, You can't have difficulties because like, that ruins the, yeah. the balance of the world. It's like, so you could have the original difficulty. Let those yeah, people like, play. And have, uh, the other people have, like, 50% more health or... Exactly, you know, like... Like you, you can have both things. That's the shit that was killing me when I was having these conversations with people. Like, and I said this as a person that platinum the fucking game, meaning I beat the hardest fucking bosses in the fucking game. And it's like, you know, just I, I don't know. There's I, I really firmly believe that everybody should be able to play a lot of these games at their speed. And I don't think there's anything wrong with difficulty adjustments or difficulty selection or anything else like that. And if you are one of those people that is like. Oh well, you know, I need this yeah. to to prove something. And and again, I'm also saying that as a guy who beat the fuck out of Ninja Gaiden, you know, I've I've beaten the fuck out of stuff like Dark Souls, I've beaten the fuck out of now Sekiro. I am a fucking parrying machine in Street Fighter Three. Like I like high fucking level games that also have a high skill ceiling. Yeah. But I'm also not one of those people that are then gonna talk down to other people and be like well, the rest of you guys should just get on my level. Like, I'm not that asshole, and I don't understand it. Like, I like for instance, like I can't. I, yeah, fuck that clown. Like that. That's that's something else. Like, okay. Like, I I help develop software. Like, that's my job. I develop software for a living, right? And so I wouldn't roll up on anybody that's developing software as a hobby and slap them down about the way that they do it because it's their hobby. Like. Him being like, you know, you got to fuck. I just, I don't, I don't understand that mentality. Mate, what also, is his streaming is him playing against randoms where he's much better than them. Right, yeah. right. just curve stopping pubs. Right, it, that doesn't make any sense. That would be it's like, like you're not actually fucking... competing against these people. No, yeah. no, that's like some MMA fighter fucking going out and picking fights with middle schoolers. Yeah, like it's like it's when I play Rocket thing. League in the casual mode against people that don't have any skills, and I'm like, I don't expect anything of these people. It's like, I'll carry them if I have to. That's fine. There's a like Hard I'm, Times article in here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, it's, and it's, it's one of those things, too, like when you're when, – because he's considered one of the best in the world, too. Like I don't know what you gain from that. Like you're already like a multimillionaire and then saying that – that's the other part of it. Like, you know, he's a kid basically, like, you know, so yeah. he can talk. He can do whatever. But I don't know what that gets you. Besides just making you sound like an asshole. And the thing is, and the the, the funniest part about that is Fortnite will at some point cease being relevant. And his income stream will also cease unless he can switch to something else. 
Well, he'll switch to and, something else. I mean, I, I don't doubt that he has the skill to be able to do it. But the 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 thing but will that, his money switch with him, and I don't think it will. Like this oh, is this yeah. strikes me as one of those once in a lifetime things where light you know it's lightning in a bottle. Like you go, what, what's the guy going to do? Play PUBG or whatever the fuck may come out, and it's it's not going to be the same thing for him. No, and there's also the other thing point that I want to make is is like as you're saying, like uh, you beat six two when you were a kid. Uh, he's going to grow up in about twenty years, and his skills yes. are not going to be there anymore. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry, he's exactly. not going to be able to do what he used to do because physically we degrade. He, yeah. Humans have this, you know, bad tendency of doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, and, you know, he'll, 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 you know, whatever. But the, the but the bottom line is is that I, I don't I think that you should be able to have accessibility in any of these things. Whether and and to that point with these older games. You know, these these guys that are like, you know, with that whole attitude of get good or you didn't really beat it. Like th- this gatekeeping that exists in gaming is fucking ridiculous. Like we, we yeah. it's something we see we do to people that play games. It's something that we have um, we have done to people that are interested in games to drive them out. It's something we've done to girls and women that are interested in gaming and we've done to drive them out. It's something we do to kids that are interested in gaming and we do it to drive them out. Like, I don't know why there has to be a purity test for. Oh yeah. I can tell you why it's nerd rage. That's what it it is. Yeah. And it's stupid because it's just something that's supposed to be enjoyable. Like, and again, I say that as a guy that can't, that comes from like a competitive fighting background. Hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with people playing at the level that they're at and then shitting on someone because they're not at the level you are. It's just stupid. Yeah. And the only that, time I could see that being okay is if they're trying to talk to you and say they're better than you. You're just like, no, fuck off. We can go, and I'll show you how better I'm at than you. But you'll need to, you know, step off instead of telling me like you're as good as me or better. Like that sort of yeah, shit yeah. talking. It's like, no, let's just end this right now. It's not worth anybody's time to sit here and act like alpha dogs all the time. Yeah, that's what that's what Ninja's problem is. He's doing it all the time where it's like, you don't need to be this 100% of the time. Mm. Just fucking move on. Yeah. Because I, I saw people like talking about the kids watching this and they would start throwing fits every time they lose in Fortnite, which is going to be like That's most be of the thing, time. Yeah. Uh, and how much of a difference they saw once they told him, like, stop watching this guy. Like he was able yeah. to better calm yeah, down and learn from his that. learn from his mistakes. Uh and better, you know, compartmentalize what happened versus just throwing a fit at something you're going to lose at 95% of the time. Yeah. So basically – Well, that's that's the other part of it too. Like Fortnite in and of itself has a randomness factor that you can't do anything about. Like I can understand if, if you – if there are things that you can learn, you know – like to to bring a corollary back to like fighting games. Like if you're playing against somebody one on one, there's plenty of things that you can learn. But like if somebody comes up behind you and then kicks you in the back while you're playing the game, you can't learn from that. Like and yeah. I feel like Fortnite works the same way. Like okay, I drop somewhere and five people just happen to drop in the same place and one of them got a gun before me. There's nothing you can learn from that. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Pat, yeah, you've that's... been remarkably quiet about this douchebag. Uh, I just don't know if I got the same thing out of his comments that everyone else seems to. I'm not. Um, I'm not saying that you're wrong for the sentiments that you're um, 
that that you're offering. I'm just saying all I really got from what I read that he said maybe he said more than I think. No, well, he did. But um, what I read was um, just uh, if you're um, if you're trying to um, if you're trying to be competitive, you're going to be salty when you lose, and um, if you don't have that, then um, you know what are you doing in competitive? That was what I gleaned from it, but man, if if it was if that was actually what he said, then no, I don't think anybody'd be upset. It was just what he what he tried to to boil it down to was is um, essentially like every time you lose, if you're not angry about it and then not learning from it, you're a fuck up, which is dumb in and of itself. Yeah. And then he so. went on to say, then he went on to to say on stream that uh, if uh, if you if you don't get angry, if you don't take it seriously. Uh, you're a horrible person. Those were his exact yeah. words. Oh, jeez. Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah. catch that part. I think it's the part we we're responding to. Yeah, it's like the notion of getting angry at the res- at the end of these matches, and it's like it's okay to be frustrated when things don't go your way, but they're just getting you know uh, angry is just letting it get to you too much. Yeah, yeah. you have to have a little bit of space between okay. you and the game yeah yeah so i yeah there's a lot more to that than i yeah had been led to believe so yeah like well, when i play other- rocket league quiet and mm. shit goes sideways i'm just like oh that's that's just how this is gonna go because <laughs> yeah. i recognize when there's slides of like oh we fucked up here and this is just gonna lead to this and then we're just gonna lose here it's like all right just have to finish out the match and try another time yeah. Uh, yeah. That's I mean, like matchmaking stuff. Yeah, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get mad about, you know, like you take something seriously, that's on you. Fine, whatever. And and uh, you know, we've been, we've been just recently watching American Gods, and you know, um, I don't know if anybody ever read the book, but uh, Anansi says in the book and in the um and in the show, angry gets shit done, and it does. Yep. Like if you look at history, like people getting angry over injustices get things done. Yeah. Getting angry over a game, though, I don't think does the same thing. Yeah. Over just the pure act of losing. Yeah, there are times when I'm playing like Rocket League. All right, you guys are fucking around. I'm just going to take this and do the thing that we need to do instead of you guys just fucking around. Yeah, like I'll get angry in those kind of moments, but not in like a you know throwing a fit kind of way. Yeah, like I'll use it to do something constructive versus just getting mad. Like when people start losing, they just start. Tra- calling their teammates trash like no that's just throwing a fit because you guys uh, are not playing well like yeah. you guys need to just get better yeah I, I think well, um, yeah. I think the um, that the competitive side of gaming is always going to be walking that uh, very tight balance between um, hating losing as much as you love winning while never reaching the point where you hate losing more than you love winning. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, to that point, I would say that, uh, salt is a healthy part of competitive gaming because, you know, if, um, if you're going in there and, uh, whether you win or lose, you're going to feel the same way. It's, um, you know, you're not going to be motivated to one outcome or another. Yeah, 
So that was what I got out of it. But again, I only apparently got a very limited slice of what was said. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the bottom line of it is, is that, um, the team aspect of it is what throws me off. Like if you're just playing with a bunch of randoms, I, I think you eventually cap yourself out with how good you can yes. get at something, you know, which like, that's the other thing that makes the fundamental difference between like, say playing a fighting game and playing like something like overwatch or whatever. Um, you, you, you hit a ceiling where, you know, you're, you're dependent on your, your squad mates doing what they can do and what you can do and everything. You, know, you can only put your team on your back so often. Right. This is why I never really got into first-person shooters because I could never yeah. get a regular group to play with. Yeah, same here. So fighting games, you know, all I have to do is queue up. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all on you, right? But even then, like I had so much trouble with a lot of the later, you know, online fighting stuff because um, I always found a lot of the times with fighting games, I'm much better in person than I am online. You know, you can get away with shit online that you can't, you know, in a live setting just because of lag and it just, you know, that's yeah, kind that's of getting shit. better, but. It's not perfect yet. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, bottom line, fuck Ninji's a little bitch. Yeah, yeah. So what have you been doing, Lee? <laughs> uh, yeah. So speaking of like not doing anything that's like um, new, um, I have really I've been playing like old shit. For some reason, I um I got a hair up my ass to start playing. I don't know what I don't know what caused it, but I um. I wanted to go back for some reason and play Metroid Zero Mission. Like I never finished it, and I don't know, I don't know what caused me to want to play it, um, but universe. I did. And, yeah, right, exactly. But I, I wanted to play it, so I pulled out this old. Um, I have an AGS. I have so I have two modded um, original GBAs with uh, AGS one on one screens, hmm. and then I have it. I have a. Um, uh, GBS, a, a GBA SP with obviously the AGS 101 screen, not the front lip, but the AGS. So they're, they're both backlit. And uh, so I started playing that and then I kind of fell down the rabbit hole. I was looking at possibly buying another GBA because in the OG form factor, because mine was cracked. And um, my God, some more of the tech that's, that's happened in that in just like the last five years is, is really fucking insane. Um, uh, so, you know, just looking at that and then I started, you know, sort of falling back down the hole with like different ROM hacks and like sound restoration and, and, and color restoration for like the final fantasy games that got put out on the GBA. Cause here's, here's the thing that I've, I've come to realize, right? Like at least for the foreseeable future, unless I get some kind of like massive monster laptop, I'm just going to be doing a lot of portable gaming. Like I've got my yeah. systems, um, but I spend a lot of time now, you know, I've got my basement area, but ever since that, that flood happened down here when we came back from, from bringing my mom's ashes to Michigan and we had that water heater pop and it flooded the solar. My basement is just a fucking mess. So being down here, um, to play games and things like that is just, it is still just a pain in the ass. I got a lot of work to do and I just, I have not had time. So, um, so I've, I've really just kind of gravitated towards portables. And so being able to play things on switch has been obviously tremendous, anything on 3ds gba whatever so i've been going back through like older games that i never either finished or didn't play and so just kind of falling down the rabbit hole of, of like updates like that's like tinkering you know is one of the reasons i started gravitating towards pc gaming in the first place was here's stupid shit in the game that you can fix you know mm-hmm. and they, they're doing that with you know rom hacks and on older games and um so you know i, I was uh you know i'd I, 
uh, probably I think like maybe four months ago or whatever, I modded out my Vitas, um, you know, throwing emulators on there. And that that's where it started was was like, let me get a good GBA emulator on there because my hands cramp on my SP. And, you know, my um, the, the of one of the one of ugh, excuse me, one of the OG Game Boy Advances that I have has got some issue with its power switch. So even when I have fresh batteries in it, that fucking light constantly goes from green to red. So I'm not sure when the batteries will, are going to die. So I just don't want to fucking use it. So I was like, maybe I can emulate shit on the Vita. And I don't like, you know, the v- it works, but I, I just want the original hardware experience. And, you know, like you guys have heard me talk about, my fucking, my hands aren't what they used to be, my my trigger fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the OG form factor is much better for me. So I've, I've took out some contact cleaner, took apart the GBA, cracked the shell. I was real fucking excited about that at the where I put in the tri-wing screws because it's so fucking old. Um, but, you know, got it put back together. Um cleaned out the contacts so the the power section is working and, and put in like i think about seven hours into zero mission and beat it yesterday and kind of felt like i didn't have my fill so i jumped into samus returns which i had bought when it came out on the 3ds but just never never got around to playing it so i'm in the middle of playing that and then just kind of you know dicking around looking at that like modded game boys modded game boy advances and then stuff that i can put on flash carts that you know i can do uh I can do ROM hacks with, and I'm not, the thing is, I'm not interested. Like, there's a bunch of crazy shit out there for ROM hacks. Like, they completely rearrange games. I have no interest in that. I'm yeah. interested in like the bug fixes or like you know restoring music or even like smaller stuff. Like in the Castlevania games, there's a ton of old ROM hacks that put stuff like crosses back in the games. Yeah, you know that were censored out. And then there's some other stuff that I don't particularly care for. I could see why people would do them, but I just don't give a shit. Like, there's a set of um, ROM hacks for Streets of Rage that put Blaze's panties back in, like where she would jump kick, you could see her panties, and I guess they made her skirt longer or something. I don't. I could give two fucks about that. Um, but you know, there's there's stuff out there. So just seeing that seeing that that stuff is even out there and you know you can get a rom and inject it and and play it that way i just uh, that's just super cool because it's you know kind of going back tinkering with it and playing some of these older titles i know that i'm in for like maybe a five to 15 hour experience which i think i need a few of those in a row right now rather than you know a hundred hour experience because i just i just don't have the time this new job i love the new job that i have guys but i am on the phone right now more than like an AT&T switch operator in like the Ugh. 20s oh, as Lord. well as well as a phone sex operator like I'm on the phone <laughs> all fucking day you guys it's crazy so like there are times where I'll be on the phone literally from 9 in the morning until about 4:30 and then I've got to do like a whole day's worth of work in like an hour and a half so it it, it gets hectic you know so and then you know the last thing I want to do is sit down here cuz my office is also my game room so the last thing I want to do is sit down here and play something. So that's where the portables come in. And then, you know, I can sit upstairs, be with my kid, be with my wife, you know, put on some headphones. They're watching TV, but I'm still like physically with them. So I think, you know, for the for the time being, I'm going to be kind of really playing around with portables and, and uh, just really catching up on a bunch of old stuff that I, I never got around to. Um, and, you know, like I said, maybe that was one of the things we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, I'll probably still fire up uh, – three houses that's one of the ones that i'm thinking about so um but i just i want to get a couple of smaller games under my belt and i'm enjoying samus returns even though it it doesn't have the typical you know metroid um 
formula where there's there's you know you go get one new thing and then you can backtrack it. It's relatively linear. It is. I'm not gonna lie. Like having, I didn't get into the prime games. Okay, um, mainly because I just having played on PC for so long, not being able to free aim. Just it didn't compute with me. Um, <laughs> I tried, and then also like even just simple shit like where to hold, like to scan and to do all that shit. You had to jam down. Uh, what was it? The ZR trigger on the gamecube it just it hurt my fucking hand and i just i couldn't do it and then i tried metroid prime trilogy on the wii with swinging the fucking you know the the wii uh can um walk remote around same thing just still couldn't it just didn't do it for me so i'm hoping with the switch we eventually get a metroid prime trilogy remake where i could just use thumbsticks and then i could maybe go through those um but even with that said there's something really cool about just seeing Samus, even though it's a two, you know, it's a 2D game rendered in 3D, hmm. you know, just there's a lot of really cool little just pieces of animation. Like when she ducks and she shoots, she braces her feet. But then if after you've stopped shooting, after like three or four seconds, like she shuffles her feet and she repositions herself. Um, and there's a lot of like really cool just little touches like that that – you see, since she's not like you know, I've I've really only played Metroid games in in you know they're pixels, right? So seeing it like this is is really kind of a kind of a treat. The only real knock that I have against the game is I really don't like this thing where she basically punches shit in the face and then shoots it. I would really prefer to play this strictly like a Metroid game where it's just run shoot run shoot. This thing where you got to wait for things to dive at you and essentially parry them. It just still, it still feels really awkward to me. And I'm a, I'm a guy that likes parrying in, in any game that I can. Um, it just feels awkward, especially when, um, like you get into these fights with some of these Metroids and, and you, so you have to hold down the L trigger to plant your feet and free aim. And then you have to hold down the right trigger to select missiles. And then, you know, obviously you're shifting your, your aim with the little slide, um, whatever the fuck that thing is on the 3ds so like you're like you're like monster gripping your own controller just to try and shoot something it's just the the controls are a bit awkward i think there could have been a much more elegant solution um and you can't remap them like if i could remap um like the free aim button to like uh b or a or something i'd be much happier but like i said i'm having fun with it so far maybe i'll get bored with it but uh, you know, so far it's been it's been interesting. So that's probably the rabbit hole I'm going to go down for the next couple of weeks at least. Yeah, cool. Yeah, don't forget the analog uh, uh, GBA. Uh, yes, when, coming. does anyone know when that's coming out? Because I'm subscribed to a thread on uh, Resetera, and um, every time it gets bumped, I'm like, they announced it, and it's like, no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, you probably should go over and. Uh, uh, Get get on their mailing list. Yeah, I'm on their mailing list. Yeah. I'm still just waiting for them to, to tell me what's up. Yeah. So it'll still probably come out before the Atari VCS does. So Yeah. At least for you, Phil, it has a dock. Yeah, it does. Uh I think that's sold separately though, so mm. I think so. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm looking at saying two hundred bucks for the base system. Yeah. Nice what the dock out. is. I think a duck is ninety or something like that. Or sixty. Uh, it says TBA. Mm. Yeah. It shouldn't be too expensive because there's not really a whole lot in there. So, yeah. No. Unlike Nintendo, who puts a whole lot of nothing in their docks and charges 90 bucks. 
Well, I'm really, I'm really interested in the analog one in general, just because I have their, I have their reproduction of the the SNES that they did, and that, that's an impressive piece of hardware. Yep. Genesis um, so, one's pretty good too. So. Yeah, but yeah, everything that they've done is is really well thought out. So I'm really curious to see what they do. Yep. Uh, you know, with any any with this especially. The only thing I'm concerned about is that screen, man. I bet you that screen will be a fucking scratch magnet. So you got to be able to put something on it. Yeah. All right, so speaking of old games, we'll get on to our news uh, of the week after an hour of just random discussion. <laughs> That's what happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, a beta of StarCraft Ghost has surfaced on the internets. Uh, there, that article had links to, uh, to YouTube videos, most of which seem to have been taken down for some reason. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm the, but the first one does show like the first seven minutes, and that video is still there. So, uh, yeah, uh, nihilistic. Were I think they were kind of on to something with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they show the first seven minutes of it. Uh, it's that particular version it was uh, from before um, they brought uh, the project in house to with uh, Swigging Ape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got more of the stealth focus, whereas the uh, one they were doing in house had more of the you know, action focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks pretty darn cool for a game that you know was being developed in two thousand two. Uh, yeah. yeah, and the way they got the this beta version was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Where it was found on a prototype or a, a dev kit hardware. Yep. That was just randomly sold on the internet. Yeah, that yep. happens. That's how these things come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can still. Uh, I mean, if you go on eBay and buy dev kits, you, know, you, you run the risk of finding something cool like that. Um, so this build has been uh, put out, and you can find it on the internet if you search around hard enough. Uh, mm. Might dig out the Xbox and track it down. Uh, wouldn't be because uh, I noticed that. Uh, uh, whoever was playing it deliberately skipped through uh, the uh, cinematics and the uh, you know, story sequences. So uh, I guess he didn't want to spoil things, but what else? Uh, looks cool, though, and I'm glad we finally got to see some more substantive stuff about StarCraft Ghost. I mean, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if any of the, the later builds from when it was brought in-house ever, ever surface. Uh, kind of doubt it, but you, know, you never know. Just watch some crazy bastards uh, go ahead and try to finish the development now. Uh, yeah. Somehow, that, that may not be farther than you'd think. Because <laughs> there are people who are just that insane to do that. I know. Yeah. And they're mostly Korean. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, GeForce Now is off to a rocky start. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. I was reading about this shit, Phil, and I was thinking about you the whole fucking time. Because everybody's like, this G4 shit sounds cool. And everybody's like, we're not doing it. Yeah. It's like a list of, like, everybody's like, so you going to that party? And everybody's like, yeah, we're going. And then the day shows up, like, hey, you going to the party? Like, no, man, that, that shit's <laughs> whack. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 annoying. Uh, and, and the story here is Bethesda just uh, decided, no, well, we're going to pull our stuff from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, except yeah. for Wolfenstein Youngblood for Founders members for some reason. Um, I'm not sure if that's a benefit or a punishment. Mm. Mm. So, 
Yeah, but it's kind of clear to me that they're the these big publishers want a cut of pretty much anything. And just like I, yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, but I didn't realize that. Uh, it, it kind of brings up the question. It's like, okay, do I actually own the, the game that I bought? Mm. Because if I want to sign into my Steam account on Nvidia's computer and play it, why why does uh, Bethesda or Blizzard or whatever have to have any say in the matter at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. well, I can definitely see their viewpoint of, hey, you're letting people play our game on the cloud without paying us at all? Uh, we need to talk. We need to set up a deal here with NVIDIA, that kind of thing. Uh, I definitely get the, the notion of, hey, this is a game I own on this account. They're going to run it through their servers kind of thing. But it definitely seems weird to and definitely having these big publishers like, wait, we're not getting any cuts here? And you think this is cool? <laughs> yeah. Well, go like over NVIDIA. To, yeah. I mean, if you want to cut, go over to Google Stadia and see how well that's working for you. Yeah. So, uh, also, NVIDIA is uh, trying to just launch their service without any deals with any of these publishers. Mm-hmm. It seems like, okay. Yeah, and it's an easy way to see who actually cares about this. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of developers and stuff that uh, have their games on there, and they're like, yeah, yeah whatever. I mean, you uh, you bought it, play it wherever the fuck you want to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it also doesn't help matters that Nvidia is typically notorious for being uh, assholes. So yeah. there's probably a little bit of that surfacing uh, as well. People just don't want to work with them as just a matter of course. Uh, they have been known to be a little bit of uh, a bully here and there. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know where this whole cloud gaming thing is going to go, but uh, uh, if it's uh, any indication right now, it's a freaking mess. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, but, Especially uh, on PC, where the notion of the platform is yeah. weird at yeah. this point. The, the the really like stupid thing is is I could go over to Linode and uh, you know provision uh, a server with a you know a nice GeForce graphics card like do this myself and not have those restrictions, but yeah. I'm like an idiot and I could do that, uh, so I don't know. Most people probably wouldn't have technical wherewithal to be able to do it, but still, eh, it just shows. Yeah, we're already at a fragmented hit point as far as this uh, cloud gaming goes where everybody wants to do their own thing. And, yeah. Uh, so, I thought that was worth mentioning. Anyways. Yeah, some kind of standard is going to have to be established here. I mean, there's there's no there's no way around this. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, like, as you're dealing with these, particularly in the PC gaming space, you're, you're dealing with these giant companies that have their own fucking launchers, right? Like, so they're definitely going to be of the mind of like, fuck you, pay me. Yeah, but here's the thing: the way the way that in GeForce now works, I don't have you ever have you looked at it? No, no. Okay, so what happens is you add the game to your GeForce Now launcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that then does is fires up a VM and loads up the launcher relevant to that game. You then sign in to the account that you bought the game on. So you're literally using the account that you paid for. Right. 
That you, yeah, you though just, that's going through NVIDIA's thing. Yeah, NVIDIA's thing. It's like you're basically just playing it on huh. NVIDIA's computer. Yeah, it's I think like that's probably the issue of NVIDIA's sort of profiting off of other people's games, in a sense. So is GameStop. They're, they're profiting off of everybody's secondhand games. Yeah, that's why they're dying. Because <laughs> we'll <laughs> people are selling the majority of their copies digital yeah. these days. Yeah. GameStop's like, well, we got Funkos. <laughs> that's yeah, they do. So. For ninety percent off yeah. if you buy three of them. Yeah, because we're about to go under. Yeah, anyways, we'll talk uh, about them later. Yeah. So, uh, in good news, um, the studio behind Biomutant wants everybody to know that Biomutant is still a thing. Yeah. Um. Which is I'm good. happy to hear. Yeah, because it was like kind of radio silence from them for a little while, and was mm-hmm. wondering what was going on because Biomutant looks like a legit good game. Yeah, uh, and as it turns out, the they, they're basically saying, uh, yeah, the the, uh, the scope of the game just kind of expanded a bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's taking longer than we had expected it to, but uh, they expect that uh, yeah. the game's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Fortunately, it's being published by THQ Nordic. Unfortunately, yeah. Or whatever yeah. the hell they're called these days. Uh, this yeah. is a weird time to be going radio silent because we've got the new consoles and people are like, well, I'm not going to buy this game because it's obviously going to come out in these new consoles. It probably like, will, but I, I suspect that yeah. a lot of games that come out like uh, in the lead-up to the, the new consoles will probably end up being forward compatible. Yeah. yeah. Embracer Group, right? Yeah, fix yeah. <laughs> to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. They just acquired Saber Interactive. Oh wow! Yeah, so for people that don't know, Embracer is the THQ Nordic parent company. Yeah, that owned all the other subsidiaries. Uh, that's their name. They changed, I think, last year. Uh, so you can partially, so you can partially be like, we're not THQ Nordic. <laughs> They're THQ Nordic. Yeah. Uh, after the whole shit with the HNAMA. Uh, but yeah, they bought one of the uh, bigger port studios out there, Saber Interactive, mm-hmm. uh, who also made World War Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think also worked on at least that first Halo uh, remake, remaster thing. Yeah. Uh, so they've done a lot of work. I think they also did the Switch port of Witcher. Yep. Yeah, they've done a lot of mm. switch ports and such. I think the Vampire, mm. uh, Call of Cthulhu, uh, mm-hmm. what else? They did Ghostbusters for all the consoles. Uh, they made NBA, play- NBA 2K Playgrounds 2. Mm. Uh, they ported, or they worked on Shaq Fu, uh, ported Spin Tires, Mud Runner to the consoles, uh, made the original NBA Playgrounds, they worked on Quake Champions for Windows. Mm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they worked on Halo Master Chief Collection, along with a bunch of others, and a bunch of sketch games before that. (laughs) But, yeah, they're pretty accomplished, uh, Port Studio. Now they're going to be working, uh, for Embracer. And I think they're basically saying, like, they're going to run independent. So if you're worried about losing a studio that can port stuff to the Switch or the other consoles, like, doesn't seem like that's going to be a concern. Mm. I kind of wouldn't worry about that too much anyway, because the THQ Nordic or whatever their 
want to be called. Um, generally been multi-platform to begin with, so I don't really... Yeah, but I think anything. it was for, like, porting other people's work. Yeah. Uh, versus just, you're going to work on work for our Switch thing. ports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of thing. And uh, the interesting thing is they bought them for about $375 million, mm-hmm. uh, which is more than Insomniac was sold for. Yeah. I think they're like 220 something like that. Somebody is upset about that deal. Uh, not Sony. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we got a good price. We got a real good deal. Mm-hmm. We got a developer that is renowned around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I think Saber is much bigger. They're like 400, 500 people. Yeah. They have a shit ton of people because they're constantly working on different things. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, not a great move for people that did not want to support THQ Nordic in any way. No. Because mm-hmm. uh, now you have to have a discussion with yourself about uh, the ports they work on hmm. and all that. Yeah. God damn it. Make things complicated. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Do you know where they're at? Right now? No. New Jersey. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't have expected a New that. Jersey studio. There's something in New Jersey. Jersey. Yep. Apart from uh, the... Could be living on a prayer, you know? Yeah. Or Snooky. Oh. I prefer Bon Jovi. See, here's the thing. Though. You're, you're making that joke, but most of that show actually took place in Long Island. I know. <laughs> so that's the problem. Anyways. Uh, so moving on, we got uh, news about GTA 4. Uh, it was pulled from Steam a few weeks back and will be returning in March. Uh, Sans multiplayer. Uh, yep. Whether that's a feature that ever ends up coming back is still up in the air. Yeah, but yeah, if you bought it and you want to be able to play it again soon, you'll be able to. And once yeah. they pull out all the games for Windows crap, uh-huh. yeah, uh, porting all of that to Steam works to get the multiplayer back up and running. Uh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure that they're going to go through the effort to even do that because yeah. GTA 4 is probably still a smaller player base than than five right now. Like the, you also lose some of the radio stations as well. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part about any of that shit. But it's a PC game, so you can mod them back in. That yeah. is true. And you remove the games from Windows shit, and you can absolutely do that. But mm. that I would also say that, that sucks about that. With the same, remember we saw the stuff happen with the Forza games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you lose the. That's why they're, they stop selling them because of the fucking radio stations. Mm. Yeah, though I would say GTA 4 is like the first of the GTA games where it's like. I don't really care at all about the radio. <laughs> yeah, like the there's, commentary there's stuff, on the talk but, radio was good. But yeah, yeah, those the are always good. Music, those aren't it was like, eh, subject to license right. issues. Yeah. yeah, that's what I liked about uh, five is that uh, you have different talk stations depending on where at in the city you're at. Mm-hmm. Around the boonies, you get the the conservative station. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny, pretty hilarious. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this we back on PC here in the next few weeks. Yep. Uh, uh, some form. Yeah. Not the complete thing, but there's been able to play all the single-player stuff. Yep. Nico. <laughs> Cousin! <laughs> Big American titties! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking hated that game. Because <laughs> the checkpoints, it did not have checkpoints. No, it did not. So I played the big bank heist mission that was like 35, 40 minutes, something like that. 
die right at the fucking end. Yeah. And start over again. It's like, all right, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you talking about four or five? Four. Four. Oh, I I it wasn't like until the DLC campaigns yeah. that had checkpoints in them. I like the story of four, but four definitely had problems. I feel like five yeah. alleviated everything that was bad about four. Yeah. yeah. Five was so good. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, this was announced at uh, X19 last year, and now they're finally available. Uh, the older Kingdom Hearts titles are available on the uh, Xbox One now. So if you're an yep. Xbox person who uh, wanted to play the yeah. Kingdom Hearts games, there you go. Yep, yeah, it's an infinite like, amount of time. Uh, infinite amount of time, and and you after spending like 120 hours, and you still want to be confused. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do it. Yep. Well, there's a couple of collections there where you can buy them individually, whatever you want. Yeah, to do. 50 bucks for 1.5 plus 2.5 remix, hmm. which is a uh, one, uh, the GBA game Chain of Memories, hmm. uh, the 3DS game 358 over two days, mm-hmm. uh, two. Birth by Sleep, which is the Vita game, mm-hmm. and then Recoded, which I think was a mobile game. That they uh, then turned into mm-hmm. a regular game. Yeah. Yeah. That's 50 bucks for that. Then for $60, which we can say is more than 50 bucks, <laughs> you get the 2.8 <laughs> Final Chapter Prologue, which gets you Dream Drop Distance, which is a 3DS game. Uh, let's see. And then the birth, 0.2 Birth by Sleep. Which is like a weird prologue kind of thing for the Vita game. Mm-hmm. Uh, then a movie, Kingdom Hearts Cross Back Cover. Yeah. The best part about Kingdom Hearts is the combination of words that do not belong together. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Kingdom Hearts 0.2 colon Birth by Sleep, a fragmentary passage. Yeah. 356, like slash eight over days. days. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, man, y'all were on that good shit. Yeah. Like I think we're at the point on PSN where those are actually a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Now and you can also buy the all-in-one edition, which includes three and both of those collections for like thirty bucks on sale right now. Yeah. So. But you got to pay almost four times that for those two games on Xbox One because <laughs> Square cool. Enix has a new platform's worth of people to exploit. Uh, <laughs> exploit. If you're what, somehow though. an Xbox person. That loves Kingdom Hearts, but never wanted to go back. Okay, those games are the same price on PSN. Hmm. It's just that all in one collection. It's a hundred bucks for uh, those it's, two in Kingdom Hearts three. In the big, in the big thing that um, that the new collection is is in four K. Isn't that the thing? I don't know. I I'm almost positive that was one of the things. On game Pass now, so there's that. Oh no, shit. Okay. Hmm. Uh, three, I'd say one one thing you say about three, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Like looks, not like it is. I don't know if it is. It is. But it looks yeah. fantastic. It plays well. Yeah. I'll uh, never I'll never get around to it. Yeah, like here, play this third game after these seven other games that lead into it so you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Are they not? We're in Toy Story Town. Okay. <laughs> Or in Hercules land. Yeah. Hercules, Hercules. Uh, moving on, we got an update for The Witcher 3 on the Switch. Uh, actually, a pretty big one. Um, mm-hmm. New graphical settings to make it uh, look a little bit better or perform better, whichever way you want to go. Uh, yeah. Big feature, though, is uh, cross-save support with PCs. 
which is pretty cool. So yeah. that's pretty interesting. Except, I guess, if you like were on the PC and modded it, uh, that would probably make it a little bit more difficult for that to work. Mm-hmm. But... Or if you're on the other consoles, don't get this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, how about you add that there? Uh, I think the PS does the PS4 and PC sync. I thought no. it did. Mm. This is the first they've done with this yeah. sort of thing. Well, they'll probably end up. They're still updating those games, so they'll probably end up adding that in at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Switch also, your... touch support. Yeah, for touch control reason. support. Mm. If you want to feel that pony, dude. Just the just the fact that that game is on there still just just trips me the fuck out. It's it's kind of mind blowing that they managed to even get that to work. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of updates, we have No Man's Sky just received an update this week that lets you grow a spaceship. Yep, mm. living ship update. Mm. Uh, well, you well, get this damn. whole whole weird. Uh, Quest line where you're essentially uh, adding the first new Starship class since uh, Atlas. Hmm. Uh, it's strange and beautiful creatures with lives of their own, not just ships. Uh, hmm. you get a new series of missions that will take players through the ancient Korvax experiments led to the birth of these interstellar beings. Uh, players who wish to incubate, grow, and ultimately fly their own living ship should visit the Space Anomaly and follow the call of the Void Egg. <laughs> uh, these... Beautiful, organic, slightly psychedelic ships are uniquely grown, as with everything they're procedurally generated. Uh, they can't be upgraded like a normal ship, so each one uh, is individually hatched with a unique set of internal organs that determines its abilities. If you want a fast hyperdrive, you need to nurture the right sort of life within your ship. Uh, yeah, and so they have like unique interiors, uh, especially the the cockpits, uh, cockpits which uh, are organic and weird. Uh, it definitely seems like a cool thing to do in VR as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're also adding a bunch of new stuff into uh, deep space, it's like new encounters that are off planet. Uh, see like weird uh, life forms and weird shit happening in space now as a result of this. And so yeah, like the people got a hint of something like this was happening uh, because of the experimental branch you can uh, sign up for on the Steam version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, people started seeing this weird shit and were cataloging it, mm. trying to figure it out. And yeah, this uh, this sort of came out of that. People saw them like seeding this sort of thing happening, mm. uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So having this little like uh, uh, like mini kind of game thing going on in here, people trying to figure like what the fuck is this shit that's going on, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That that game is getting a whole lot of support post-launch. I think it's probably a lot better now than it ever was when it started. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. And uh, apparently somebody at Hello Games is a fan of Peter F. Hamilton because, uh, yeah, this reminds me a lot of the uh, Void Birds from... uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Night's Dawn. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm. So, there's that. Uh, in less uh, great news, uh, GameStop employees have been reporting that their bosses have been getting a little bit more desperate and starting to push them a lot to sell, 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 sell. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the larger ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smaller ones are doing fine. <laughs> the larger ones are the ones they're having trouble with. 
Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, what you need to do is tell your boss, like, why don't you tell corporate to fucking get their heads out of their ass 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah. And then we mm-hmm. might have been in an okay situation now. Yeah. They've been fucking it up for a long time. Yeah, these guys really, aren't the problems either. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real example of uh, a like management that just doesn't understand that the industry that they're in is has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they it's need to change with it. Yeah. Mm. It's just... This and they like should a, they should have made this pivot like five years ago. Yeah, this anybody that's worked retail knows about this sort of pressure. Yeah, where it's like it ain't me that's gonna fucking change things in this company. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is your higher ups, the people beyond you, the district and corporate managers that fucked things up years ago. Mm. That has put us down this path where you're just getting angry at me. Or not being able to push enough fucking magazines and Funko Pops on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you know, GameStop really should uh, be a place that actually lives up to its name. Uh, like, it, if they wanted to actually really survive, the larger ones should actually turn into community hubs. Uh, you know, places where you could play play Smash tournaments and stuff like that. So you're saying they should be like banks now. They turn into cafes. Kinda. Where not only are you selling, just like becoming less about showcasing the games, like you come hang out, you can do tournaments and shit in there. Also get your latte or whatever, hot dog. Well, it's working. You know, that model is working for a lot of, uh, uh, for a lot of different businesses. Yeah. You know, for GameStop. GameStop specifically, when you know the focus is supposed to be on play and community and stuff like that, it probably would uh, would be something that could work. But yeah, you, you got the corporate bigwigs up there that have their heads up there, so far up their asses. They're you know yeah. The one thing they're the doing trees. pretty smartly is their membership thing. You straight up just get five bucks credit every month mm-hmm. to spend on things, so you can. If you want to be a real dick, you sign up for that, then you buy like a ten dollar uh, PSN or Xbox Live or uh, Switch eShop credit with that for <laughs> half off. <laughs> it's like, all right, thanks for the the free five bucks. I get half off this credit. All right, that's your monthly yeah, I, uh, encounter with them. I talked about this at length on um, on the the reset. Was it Resetera, Reset Era forms, whatever it is? But mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's a litany of problems with GameStop. But I think the I think the biggest issue with them is that so just in my opinion, um, GameStop's biggest problem, right, is that the main thing that they traffic in is games. Like you can talk about. Um, you can talk about, you know, uh, Best Buy. You can talk about, um, uh, was it Amazon, Walmart, anybody like that. And they have other things that drive traffic, right? But the the GameStop doesn't have that, so they're they're at a disadvantage. But I think that's something that they can overcome. But I think the the big issue that they're facing and the major problem with GameStop is that the main thing that they sell is games, right? And and since it's, that's the main thing that they sell, you can talk about the collectibles and everything, but the main product that they sell and the main reason that people go to GameStop is the games. But they treat the actual games like shit, right? Like how often have you gone into a GameStop 
picked up a game and like it's gutted or it's fucked up and they still want to sell it to you as new. Mm-hmm. And like how many absolutely fucked up used games have you seen that they have? Like, you know, they'll immediately, you know, they'll they'll toss stuff. They they throw um out boxes half the time. They will have um anything that's actually used gets these absolutely obnoxious stickers on them that leave fucking residue all over the place. Um, during Christmas, I purchased uh, a few games during that buy to get get to sale that they did, and not one because uh, I bought eight games. Not one game they shipped to me had an original case. Every single one of the cases were cracked and broken, and every one of the games were scratched to fucking shit. And one of the games wasn't even in the case. <laughs> So I got I bought, by you I bought mm. right, and and I, I just took a chance right because the thing was I couldn't find any of these games in store. So I went because my GameStop's actually really good, um, and I actually called their customer care. I had to call their customer care five times over a week because they just kept saying it'll take us twenty four hours to generate a return label for you, and they never actually ended up doing it, and. <laughs> yeah. Like so, why would I do business with a company that treats their own main product that way? Like you wouldn't go to like, for instance, you wouldn't go to a bakery and buy bread from that place when you watch the baker take a piece, like take a loaf of bread off the shelf, stomp it, and then put it back and then try to sell it to you. <laughs> like, why would you then do the same thing when you could typically Game Stops are anchored in places that are close to a Best Buy or a Walmart? Or a target, so you can just go down the way and get the game sealed and not have to deal with upselling or anything like that. And like I said, I the GameStop we go to is actually really good. The store manager is really nice. She has actually found stuff for my kid, found stuff for my wife. I would like to go there, and I actually talked to her about that. Like, I would buy more stuff from you because I don't like buying shit from Amazon. Um, how come you never have anything in the store anymore? Because I asked about like the buy to get one free and all that. She was like, they don't send us overflow anymore. We pretty much – she told me the way the, the model used to be. For every three pre-order copies that they would they would get, they would get um, an additional copy to sell, of, even of like niche titles. And she said now the formula is like more um, – it's like for every seven pre-order copies, they'll get one additional. So – that fucked them during Christmas, even with stuff like Pokemon, uh, which was supposed to be huge this year. Yeah. They didn't have any extra copies because GameStop corporate wasn't sending them anymore. Mm. And so then the only option was is to go through online and online sold out. And so like they can't even do a good job of getting games, which is the main thing that they sell into the hands of their own consumers. Mm. Like every point in which they can sell you something seems to break down. And then when they can't actually sell you something, they want to do it, you know, in a bullshit manner. And on top of that, now because of the internet and because of the, you know, the myriad of options that people have to sell things, I think people are really looking at why would I go sell Anything at GameStop when they'll turn around and be like, yeah, you just bought this yesterday for $55. We'll give you seven for it. <laughs> you know, when you can turn around and go on Craigslist or a forum or Facebook or whatever, and it's just a much better way for you to do it. And then on top of that, with digital coming in, just the pool of people that are buying those physical copies that can then be resold to GameStop 
is shrinking. I mean, just the writing is on the wall and they've done nothing to adapt. Instead, all they've done is antagonize the own customer base that they're expecting to still come in and buy things as if they had no options. Yeah. And they treat their main their main selling point, the main thing that they sell, they treat like garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that just seems like like trying to be more efficient, but also in a whole way just making yourself inefficient. Like we only need you know X amount of copies, but this huge game that's going to sell you know millions of copies, you just don't have yeah. because you're so focused on pre-orders versus just having it available. Mm. Because uh, like at that same point, you could just go to Walmart. Yeah. That same week, get a copy. It's ten bucks off hmm. uh, for that launch week. And it's like, why would you go to GameStop? Yeah. That's, That's the probably other thing. across the streets. Their pricing is fucking awful on pretty much everything. Hmm. Like everywhere yeah. else beats them. So like. That's that's the other part of this equation for them is if you can't beat your competition like on price, then you have to beat them on service. You have to give people a reason to come in and they're not doing that at all. And that's the most stupefying part of it. Instead, they're antagonizing their customers even more like that. Polygon wrote up that article that was saying like they're they're sitting there. um, A lot of places are demanding to um, get employees to ask people that are coming in to buy game, what the model of their phone is and how much memory they have and let them give them a quote for buying their phone. Like, bitch, I didn't come in to sell you my phone. I came in to buy whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know? And like, again, my GameStop thankfully doesn't do that to me. But like I was in there just the other day returning something. That manager never asked me to pre-order shit. And she was like, you got anything you want to put something on? Mm -hmm. And I was like. That's what mine does. Well, she never, she never asks me that. And it, it was dead. And I was like, yeah, Sarah Lynn, go ahead and put five on Animal Crossing. Because <laughs> she's never asked me that, like, the three years we've been going there. Mm. And so I'm like, damn, if she's asking me that, like, something's up. Like, And she is, like I said, she's been unbelievably nice to me and my family. So and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to buy that for Nathan any fucking way. And I do buy it physically. So, you know, it, it was just one of those things. I, I don't like pre-ordering shit in the first place. But, um the fact that she was asking, I can't imagine what kind of shit she's probably getting from her higher ups. Yeah. You know? So um but yeah, I mean like I said, that's that's the you know, and, and like I said, I think my location is, is a is an exception, you know, compared to the to the rule. I've seen some of the other ones that are around me where they're just run by like douchebags. Mm-hmm. Um they're like, Hey man, you know, like dude, when I was when I went in, because like my, my copy the the copy of Sekiro that I got was fucked up. When I went in um, and I was just trying to exchange it. Um, this guy was sitting there like, I guess like, I don't know. He was trying to like talk to me or, or, or talk about how hard it was. And he was just like, you know, that this, this game really just meets the player where they're at. And like, you know, you're returning and maybe you just need to get good. I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not, I'm not returning it. I need to exchange it because it won't finish installing. And can you just tell me where I can find somewhere that I can actually get a copy of this and you know he couldn't find anything and this is just what i bought the fucking thing digitally like it just goes back to the same thing like you treat your own product like fucking shit yeah what am i supposed to do uh, i would have probably threatened to catheterize him with a mechanical pencil <laughs> yeah good to know well there's yeah i mean there's that of course yeah of course but yeah i don't know i i don't i don't want them to go out of business 
I would like to see them change however they do business, but I don't like like the alternatives for me. Like I've I've always had bad luck with Best Buy when it comes to shipping things. Um, really, Amazon, yeah, Best Buy will fucking Best Buy does the same thing that Amazon does. Where if I have a collector's edition or something like that, um, if I have it shipped to store. Usually what happens is at the Best Buy, they'll slice open the box that it came in with a razor blade. So my collector's edition or whatever will get fucked up. I'll see razor blade marks and shit on it. Um, or they will ship me the collector's edition or whatever it is that I have in like in just a padded bag. And, you know, the mailman and the UPS people around me, you know, they shove the fuck out of everything in those trucks. Mm. Um, and Amazon can give a fuck. You know, they'll put anything in a fucking bag. If Amazon was shipping babies, they'd put babies in a padded envelope, you know. So I just can't count on anything actually getting to me in good condition. So even if it meant I was paying a few dollars more, I would go somewhere locally like GameStop and give them my money. But even then, like, I can't count on what I get actually being in good condition. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's a shitty – it's a shitty conundrum, you know, and especially like during the holidays when I was buying stuff like for my kid. I mean, I was getting shit that was coming in cracked. And then so because the game cases were cracked and this was new stuff, game cases were cracked. So that meant that the artwork was torn, mm. you know, so anyways, uh, good luck, GameStop. You've got a lot of changing to do, but mm-hmm. chances are we won't be talking about you next year because you'll be out of business. Unfortunately. Mm. Or they'll be bought out by uh, a big investment company who, you know, might be owned by a gamer. Like, I don't know. Somebody. Elon Musk. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Elon will fix everything. Since we're all living in a simulation anyway, according to him. He has enough money, he could run it at a loss. Doesn't really care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every game's free. (laughs) Who fucking gives a shit? He's got to deal with people asking you to pre-order. He developed his own game uh, when he was younger, you know. Used to do that. Yeah. Pre-order this Cybertruck. Well, you can. <laughs> They're actually putting out a cheaper version of it, too. Yeah. It's just oh, out this year. Cybertruck light? Uh, okay, so the last few stories, we'll try to blaze through these as best we can. Uh, COVID-19 is having, well, it's wreaking havoc uh, on conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, PAX East lost both Sony and Square Enix. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's, yeah. you know, like, right a week before they're supposed to go, before they're supposed to happen, like, yeah, no, we're not showing up. Um, yeah, this, uh, I'm hoping they get a handle on this uh, soon, because, uh, yeah, it's having uh, some significant uh, economic uh, blowback, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, yeah, GDC is not immune to this as well. Uh, Sony, Oculus, and slash Facebook uh, have elect- elected to uh, not uh, show up, uh, citing concerns mm-hmm. of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just kind of a weird time to be having uh, internet your company go on for international travel. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, we saw Mobile World Congress got completely canceled. Yeah. Because a bunch of companies were pulling out, there was no point, yeah, and even doing it. Of course, there were a bunch of companies who were like already there, and there were a bunch of journalists that were already going because their tickets and hotels were non-refundable. 
Yeah. <laughs> it just basically kind of turned into an unconference over there, so that was weird. Uh, so, yeah. Yes. Hopefully, they, towards the end of the year, we'll see this kind of stabilize, but... Right now, I honestly can't blame anybody not wanting to travel internationally as far as that goes, but mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's still, it's like... Yeah. Especially when you're responsible for the, the health and well-being of your company. Yeah. yeah like, at nobody... least canceling travels, the least you could do. Yeah. Dude, we're, we're worried about that now with my company. We have, um, we got some guys that are going to, um, to India, and it's like... I don't know, dog. Mm, don't think you really have to worry about that there. I don't think it's going no, to but it's but... yo. But it, the thing is, is that this is still spreading everywhere. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. know who's at the airports. Yeah, yeah. and th- that's why you know everybody's pulling pulling back. It's like just to try to contain it, not not go, uh, not make yeah. it go any further. At least like but... India, that's Chinese Jason. Yeah, yeah. That's why that's why we're concerned because he's and then it was like. He's like my buddy was like um, a friend of mine is actually flying there to help train some people and, and he was like yeah you know one of the things I want to do is like if I'm going to be there one of the things I'd love to do is like I would love to go see the Taj Mahal but I don't want to go out in a place that's that public because you just never fucking know <laughs> um, yeah that's yeah. it's 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 crazy man yeah, it's, it's crazy it's rough so yeah. Uh, finally, we'll wrap up with uh, our recap on the Animal Crossing Direct, which happened this week. Uh, a whole lot of news came out. Have you heard people hawking uh, timeshares? That's <laughs> what this whole thing sounded like to me when I was listening to it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, oh yeah, we'll be able to set you up in some tents. Uh, and when you're you know settled in enough, you, know, you can upgrade to a house. Uh, we'll get you set up there and yeah, we have people that come in from out of uh, off the island that have items that you can't craft on the on the island. Uh, you know, they bring high quality merchandise. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> this is some fucking sketchy shit you're trying to sell me, Tom Nook. And it's like this is supposed to be like a getaway, but then it's like, well, we got to buy a house here and expand that. What the fuck? This is supposed yeah. to be just a trip. Yeah. Well, I mean. It- Animal Crossing really is just mortgage simulator, uh, so yeah, yeah, this just kind of takes that to the whole nth degree. Yeah. It's like The Sims, but you're not controlling people. Mm. You're just controlling your character, and you're not worried about their ability to go to the bathroom or whatever. Yeah. Mm. You're just about collecting shit. Mm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, also, yeah, they basically confirmed all the stuff about you know only one island per switch. Uh, if you want another island, you have to have a different switch. Mm-hmm. Essentially, so uh, they're not changing anything about the saves, uh, other than there's an emergency recovery should you lose or break your switch. That's not, you know, useful when you're just trying to. If you potentially bought a switch lights, because you're like, oh, I like to take Animal Crossing on the go. Mm-hmm. Now you have to be just pick one. Uh, place to play. You're going to play it on the handheld one that can't dock or the thing that can dock? Mm. Uh, bullshit. Nintendo gun on Nintendo. I mean, yeah. That's like not the most Nintendo thing ever. I'll tell mm. you what. Yeah, it's... There's nothing to really, like... to exploit, really, I, I think. 
It's just not trusting the people that you're that are buying your games to be able to manage their own shit. Because mm. it's not like like if you exploit like duplicate shit, like so what? You ruined your your progression system. You ruined your own game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially and like, nowadays with all these games being so fucking padded and shit, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Ruin the shit for yourself. Or maybe yeah. you enjoy it. Who cares? Who cares? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, in that case, you could just create another villager in, in your village and just not have the the, sh- the, the progression systems be broken, that okay. kind of thing. Yeah, like, okay, it's fun for you to, to, to have. Like, like that's one of the things like that I've loved about playing some of these older like DS games. Yo, I got a fucking action replay. On these RPGs, you better believe I'm jumping in there and like, how much money do I want? All of it. Okay. All. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. How much money? Let me do it. Mm. You know, like, come on, man. Like, it doesn't. It's it's not hurting anybody. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Especially with how much they're going to be sort of updating this game from an online aspect, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you have, you know, these like online servers, ability to jump in other people's towns and all that kind of stuff. They even prevented the ability for random people to be able to do anything to your town unless you're add them to like a trusted friends list in the game. Yeah. Like they won't be able to pick up shovels or axes or anything. I'm really unsure of what kind of damage Nintendo thinks we can do to one another in Animal Crossing. Unless be like there's like your some, trees and all that Unless kind of there's shit. some kind of like illicit drug trade in this game that I'm unaware <laughs> of. I mean there's uh uh the stock market. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! Wow, <laughs> that was always the big thing. Where you had the, uh, just, I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. You all chill out. Don't don't get rid of it. Yeah, you have it. the uh, uh, the hippie woman that comes in and sells you a shit that you're hoping to sell off for a profit. That's like very much in the same way as like the the mechanic you use for determining when you're going to fill up your tank with gas. Hmm. It's like, okay, this is going to be cheap. Is it going to go cheaper next tomorrow? Am I going to wait till then? Hmm. You come back and it's like, oh, it's 10 cents more. Fuck. <laughs> I'll fucking buy it anyway because I can't drive anymore if I don't get this gas. Yeah, that's why I, I, just, go, that's why I just go to Costco, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 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 This game's going to be fun and just weird as hell. Yeah, that's just like pretty much every Animal Crossing game. It's going to be fun. Yeah, but now this one knows that the internet exists. Yeah. They're going to be able to update it and add shit to it. Yeah, and there's the the Nooklink app, so you can, uh, you know... Wait, wait, what? Nooklink, yeah. So you can transfer stuff from New Leaf and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess if you did uh, Mm. uh, the creation stuff and and that and the Happy Home Designer stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, you can transfer that over. Yep. So it's, it's it's a weird this is like typical of Nintendo like all the time. They get like 99% of it right, but it's like that 1% which is just completely yeah. stupid and nonsensical. Yeah. Of course, if we're talking about the Wii U and that entire thing was completely nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so I'm sure it'll do well. Uh it's kind of Yeah, like, I have I have no doubt uh you know, probably going to be fun as a hell. I mean, the Animal Crossing games usually are. So. And this one has a lot more creativity to it in terms of how you design your island and your space. Yeah. Uh, along with that, so 
you know, set up that magical dick farm in the back. Mm-hmm. That when you got randoms coming over, like, oh, oh. okay, this is where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah, you can terraform your land and all that good stuff. Yeah, like when you start up the game, you could pick whether you're in southern or northern hemisphere. Yep. So you get the right kind of weather versus being, I assume all the games previous were northern hemisphere mm. uh, only. So. I could just never. I could never get into this game. Mm. Well, it's not something you can like just casually dip into. It's it's kind of one of those things that really demands a lot of you. So yeah, that's if, why because it's. I can see the treadmill. Yeah. yeah. Or the it's hamster a collection wheel. simulator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. I got enough of that in my own life. Man. Yeah. So I guess we'll wrap it up there. Uh, good show, guys. A lot of fun, and I think yeah. I want to pass out now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Hard. Same. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to remind everybody that uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can do so at anchor.fm slash day zero update. Hit the button and get the show delivered directly to your device of choice. Uh, you can also check us out at uh, smashpad.com. Uh, written reviews will be there. Uh, the uh, Kunio Kun and Double Dragon Retro Bundle, or whatever it's called this week, uh, will uh, show up there uh, shortly once I play a little bit more of that and get it all written up. Uh, so for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Logie, and Leo Lamb, I have been Filippo Donolfo, and we'll see you next week for a very irregular show. <laughs>